0: Let's give the Lord a great praise tonight. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so worthy. My, my, my. I just, uh, I feel like I'm going to have to take ibuprofen just watching some of y'all tonight. I, I feel like I could get up here and say, Humpty Dumpty, sit on the wall, and y- y'all would go crazy. It don't even matter what I say. <laughs> wow, I like church like this. I walked in and heard a commotion in the prayer room, somebody getting baptized in the only name under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. Nothing like it. If you've not been baptized. There's still water. There's still somebody that'll baptize you. I'm excited about what God is doing here in Bethlehem. i loving the reports I've been hearing and uh, so excited about what God is doing. And I concur with Pastor Henderson. It's always good when you go to a church and you see new faces. That makes you know that you are doing something right. And I'm thankful that you guys are doing something right here in Bethlehem. Amen. I give tremendous honor to your leaders are both men of God that have uh, directed my life and had a great influence on me, Bishop Wilson, and uh, missing Sister Wilson tonight, and Pastor Voskis, of course, missing him, Uh, but good to see Sister Vasquez and my daughter-in-law as I love and appreciate them very much, and uh, thank you, Brother Brian Henderson, for riding up with me. Thankful that he came with me, and uh, so good to see each and every one of you all, thankful uh, for the ministry and leadership of this great church. Thankful for what God is doing. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter. we Brother Hughes, your youth pastor. Doing a great job with these young people. Young people, do you love Brother and Sister Hughes? <laughs> 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter. We're going to read two verses, verses 6 and 7. And it came to passed as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine. I like that. That the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tablets, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousand. I want to ask you a question as my title tonight. I want to ask you, which praise are you? Would you set your Bible down and lift your hands and hearts to heaven and help me pray right now, Lord, we love you. And we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you for what we already feel in this place, what you've already done. But God, I know you're not through. God, I ask you to anoint me to preach your word the way you want it preached tonight. Anoint your people to hear the word. God, to receive the word. And most importantly, God, to respond to your word tonight. And we give you praise in advance for what you're going to do in this house tonight. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? And the Bible says not only to clap your hands, but shout unto God with a voice of triumph. you. you, can be seated. David's returning from killing Goliath and the women meet them in the streets and they have a song in their heart. Saul has slain his thousands. And this is, if you study it out, this is statistically accurate because Saul had slain his thousands. He was the king of Israel and a man of war. He had fought and won many battles. So I am certain that the death total of those slain by the sword of Saul were in the thousands. But if you study David up to this point, he had only killed a lion, a bear, and a giant by the name of Goliath. I'm not the most intelligent person in the room, but I know that doesn't add it to tens of thousands. But the women sang a song about him slaying his 10,000s. And even though their praise about David wasn't seemingly accurate like Saul's, it actually was very accurate. It just hadn't happened yet. The difference between the two is simply this. Saul was a past praise. And David was a prophetic praise. So once again, I ask you the question, and I which praise are you? Yes, we need to celebrate our past, what God has done for us up to this point. But we can't stay there. We can't keep our minds there. We can't keep our vision there. We need a prophetic praise of what God is going to do in our lives. I'm thankful for what he has done in my past, I'm, I'm, but I'm anticipating even greater. Saul, the past praise, was in the thousands, but David, the prophetic praise, was in the 10,000. So that tells me tonight that the greater is not in the past. The greater is in the future. And if you think what God's been doing the last few weeks has blown your mind you just give him a prophetic praise and see what can happen in the next few weeks movement. I love to hear about the good old days. But I think sometimes, here's where the the hate part of the love-hate relationship. I think sometimes we get so stuck in those days and we praise those days so much that we forget about God saying, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he poured out his spirit then, he can pour out his spirit now. If he healed somebody then, he can heal somebody now. If he saved my family then, he can save my family now. I'm not going to get stuck in a past praise tonight, but I want to give him a prophetic praise. I've not seen it happen yet, but I'm going to praise him like it's going to happen. I've not seen the result yet, but I'm going to praise him like it's already happened. Our best days are not behind us. Our best days are now and in our future. I believe this church is at a place and is poised for a prophetic praise to be released in the atmosphere tonight. But let's return to our original story for just a moment and look at the danger of staying in a past praise. After they praised David with the ten thousands, verse number 8 says, and Saul was very wroth. And the saying displeased him. He was angry. And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And notice verse number 9. And Saul eyed David from that day in full.. See, if you're past your praise tonight, if it's a past praise. It'll be jealous of the prophetic praise in this house. Because notice what happened next. Verse 10 says that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied. You've got to be careful what spirit you're operating in tonight. And David played with his hand as other times and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. So notice the difference between a past praise and a prophetic praise. A past praise had a javelin in his hand, and a prophetic praise had a harp in his hand. One had a weapon of war, and the other had a weapon of worship. So if you're in a past praise, You're going to be warring with what God's trying to do in here. But if you've got a prophetic praise, break out your heart. Begin to dance. Begin to shout. Begin to play. Begin to worship. Begin to leap. Because your prophetic praise is what's getting ready to change what's going on in your life. So David's playing with his hand. And Saul takes a javelin in his hand. And he looks at David and he says, I will smite David even to the wall. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Now, you cannot tell me tonight that Saul didn't know how to throw a spear. He was a man of war. That javelin had hit its mark several times in his life. I'm sure he was a dead eye with his javelin. But you know what I believe happened? I believe when he let that javelin go, the anointing that was on David and the prophetic praise that was on David, somewhere between Saul's hand and somewhere at the target, God touched that javelin. And he said, David might die one day, but today's not the day. There's a prophetic praise on him. And he hasn't fulfilled his prophecy yet. They said he'll kill 10,000. And he hadn't done it yet. So devil, you can't kill him yet. You can't touch him. That's why some of you are still here tonight. The devil tried to kill you, but the anointing on you said no. The devil tried to destroy you, but the prophetic praise on you said no. That's why you're still standing. It's not happened yet. Your prophetic praise hasn't been fulfilled yet. Isn't that amazing? Because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. So if your praise is a past praise tonight, it will be afraid of the prophetic praise. David could have been and actually was Saul's greatest asset, but instead Saul made him his greatest adversary. And, stop, and that day, that moment right there, where we see these two praises warring against each other, Saul stopped pursuing the enemies of God and he started pursuing the anointed of God. Oh, I want to tell somebody in this house don't be afraid of your future. God's going to bless you. Don't try to kill your future, God's trying to preserve it tonight. Don't be afraid of your future. God is trying to call you there in this service today. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Revelation. Now, don't, don't get nervous. <laughs> I'm not an end-time prophecy preacher. Uh, Revelation and Daniel, all that end-time prophecy sounds like somebody uh, ate pizza right before they went to bed and had nightmares and wrote about it. So I'm not going to dive into it too deep. But I want you to notice something in Revelation, the fifth chapter. It says, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to, to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals. I want you to notice, John is weeping, and one of the elders taps him on the shoulder and says, Stop weeping and start worshiping. And I believe that's a word for somebody in this house tonight. You've been weeping for way too long. It's time to start worshiping. He says, weep not. For the lion of the tribe of Judah is here. But notice something. John turns to look at what he's talking about. In verse 6, and he said, And and lo, I, I beheld in the midst of the throne... And of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. Now, the elder said that it was a, he was a lion. But John sees him as a lamb that has been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto all the earth. So, look, I want you to notice that. The elder says, don't we worship because the, the lion of the tribe of Judah is here. He's able to do it. And John turns to look. And instead of seeing a lion, he sees a lamb. Here's what I think. John was still looking at Jesus the last time he saw him. John saw him as the lamb that was slain, not a triumphant lion. He had been on an island as a prisoner in pain and suffering, offended and stuck in his past for so long that when the elder said the lion is here, he still was looking at who Jesus was the last time he saw him. And he saw him not for what he was, but who he used to be to him. So let me tell you tonight, your praise will determine your perspective in this. Because if you're a past praiser, you're only going to dwell on what God has done for you in the past. But if you're a prophetic praiser... You're going to say, God, I'm thankful for my past. But I'm also looking forward to what you're going to do in the future. Because you're not just a lamb slain anymore. That's what you did for my past. But now you're the lion of the tribe of Judah. Notice that, the tribe of praise. He's not just my lamb anymore, but now he's my victorious lion. And when you begin to praise him, you join the lion of the tribe of Judah and nothing can stop you. No devil in hell can stop you. No sickness can stop you. No addiction can stop you. No problem can stop you. Whenever you realize that he's alive. So once again, I ask you, which praise are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me show you the danger of being a past praiser. And I'm almost done. I'll be done after this. Exodus, the 15th chapter. You know the story. Children of Israel are leaving Egypt. They come to the Red Sea. They're freaking out. All of Egypt is chasing them. They can look behind them. And they see the the dust clouds from the chariots and the horses. In front of them is an impassable Red Sea. They, They begin saying, why didn't we come out here to die? We should have just stayed in captivity. We should have just stayed in slavery. And notice, Moses says, just hold on. We'll see what God wants. And God tells him, you know the story. Take your rod, stretch it out over the Red Sea. God miraculously opens the Red Sea. They walk across on dry ground once they got across the Red Sea notice that on this side they're murmuring and wishing they wouldn't have left Egypt and now when they get across the Red Sea they look back to the Red Sea because when they got across the the waters came back down and and now they're looking at the sea they're they're watching all these chariots uh, sinking in the Red Sea they see horses and soldiers just floating in the Red Sea and and now the Bible says that Miriam in verse 20 the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, grabs a timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out with her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, sing ye unto the Lord. For he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. So once they got through the Red Sea, that's when they picked up their musical instruments. But my question is, why didn't they praise him on the other side? Because it's easy to praise God after I've already came through a red seal. It's easy to praise God whenever he tells me that something's going to happen and it happens. But it's difficult to praise God before the red seal They're giving God a past praise. They're saying, thank you, God, for opening the Red Sea. Thank you for defeating the Egyptian army. They're giving God a past praise. And notice what the very next verse says. Verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. See, if you're if you're only a past praiser, it'll leave you thirsty, it'll leave you wanting, and it'll leave you bitter. Don't wait until God brings you through the Red Sea. Don't wait until God heals your body. Don't wait until you see your loved ones at an altar or a registry. Don't wait until the check's already in the mailbox, because it's easy to praise God after the fact. It's easy to give Him a past praise, but I wonder if there's somebody in this house that has a prophetic praise. praise will do for you first time ever in the Bible up until this point every time a praise went forth to God it was a past praise after God did something but in Joshua the 6th chapter they marched 7 times on the 7th day around the walls of Jericho and God said I'm tired of past praise if you want to see me move I want you to give me a prophetic praise And on the seventh time, they started shouting, and then the walls came down. It's easy for me to shout after the walls. That's a past prayer. It's easy for me to shout when the doctor said there's no more cancer. That's a past prayer. But I want to praise him with a prophetic praise tonight. I want to praise him before the miracle happens. I want to praise him before the breakthrough happens. I want to praise Him before I see the next wave of revival. So here's what I want us to do as these singers and musicians, and I want something—I want something lively in here. I know you're going to. But I want you to think about something—not what God's done. We we, we praise Him enough. Well, we can never praise Him enough. But we've praised Him from the past, right? We we we've, I'm thankful for what he's done. I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful I'm saved. I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for his grace and his mercy. I thank you. I give you praise for all of that. But now I want you to think about something that you've been praying about something that you haven't seen yet. Whether it's a miracle, whether it's a financial blessing, whether it's a lost loved one being saved, I want you to think about that for just a moment. I don't want you to make any sound just yet. Just, just. Just close your eyes and, and get your mind on God. I want you to think about whatever it is that you need God to do in your life. It's going to be different for everybody in here. But whatever it is you need God to do. might be a new job. might be this. might be that. You may have got a bad doctor's report and you're going back to the doctor this week and you want a good report. It may be that child that's been backslid for so long. You want to see him in this altar. It may be that neighbor that you want to see him in the baptistry back there getting baptized. Whatever it is, I want you just to think about it for a second. And then when they begin to play and they begin to sing, we're not going to be past praisers tonight. We're going to be prophetic praisers. And God, I haven't seen the miracle yet, but I'm getting ready to praise you like it's already happened. We need to dance in advance. We need to shout before we see the walls come down. So as they get ready to play, I want you to begin to give God a prophetic praise in this house. I want you to praise Him like the miracles already happened. I want you to praise Him like your lost loved ones are already been in the office. I want you to praise Him like He's already loosed the chains of addiction in your life. Come on, somebody. We're not giving Him a past praise tonight. We're giving Him a prophetic praise. Come on, praise Him. Come on, praise Him. Come on, let him know and let hell know. I'm giving God a prophetic praise. And the devil can't stop my prophetic praise. The devil can't stop what God's going to do in this place.
1: We have two very special prayer requests. Worship all night if you want to. Go home when you get ready. Just just worship all night if you like. But let's pray for a Billie Jean Jones neighbor has had some serious eye surgery and it's not real good at this time. But God's able to heal in Jesus' name. Also, I just got a text from uh, Amy uh, that her daddy, brother Benny is having some complications in breathing, so they're trying to help him get straightened out with that. So let's pray for Brother Benny right now, in this other prayer request. Let's believe the Lord. Let's believe the Lord's gonna take care of it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, will you heal Brother Benny, Lord? Heal this other person that had this surgery in the eye. You can rebuke anything that's wrong, heal it totally in Jesus' name. I thank you right now for healing, Brother Benny. I thank you for healing, Brother Benny. I thank you. I praise you in advance. I praise you in advance. I praise you in advance. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Didn't Brother Michael Moplin do an awesome job preaching the word tonight? Let him know he appreciate that. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday night service. Shout all night if you want to. God bless you in Jesus' name.